0: Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com.
2: Welcome back to Overnight America. It's always a pleasure to be with you. So we have the first two hours and a couple more live together. Maybe you're listening to this after the fact. You can find it in the podcast, the Overnight America podcast. Go ahead. Give us a download. Your phone or your computer will like it, and your phone and computer will thank you. In fact, this is unconfirmed, but if you download and subscribe to the Overnight America podcast, your phone actually operates faster, and your computer operates faster too. I don't know how it happens; it just does. Now, again, Stop that may it. Com- yeah it may be a complete lie, but it's uh, fun to think that it's worth a try. <laughs> All right. The big news from earlier today, <laughs> I don't know if I could get in trouble if I preface it as a lie to begin with. I'm just joking, but it would be nice to try. Uh, so St. Louis Mayor Lyda Cruson said that she's ready to retire, so she's not going to seek re-election. And that was the big announcement from earlier today. I don't know if you caught it here on KMOX.
3: So this past weekend, you may know this. I had a birthday. You probably saw it on Facebook. Birthdays are good. And of course... They also make you think about the future. What comes next? I am now pushing 70. So after a lot of thinking and a lot of discussion with my family, I have decided to retire in April and not file to run for reelection this coming Monday. I've spent 23 years as an elected official in the city Serving as mayor during these past four years has been far and away the biggest honor of my life. It's the people who have made it so great. The people of St. Louis and the thousands of great people who work for our city.
2: Okay. And that was the announcement that a lot of people were surprised by. Uh, It makes you wonder what are the reasons it could be as just innocent and pure as the reasons that she states she's just getting up there and it's just time for her to step aside. It could be other reasons. It could be, well, maybe this is not a game for me anymore. Maybe it's a young person's game because you see all the progressive uh, people that have been moving forward and at least getting some support. That's what scares me the most right now in the city of St. Louis is the idea that there could be someone that's extremely progressive that becomes the mayor. And we see the same trends in these other cities where a progressive mayor steps in. All of these progressive um, ideas that normally lead to unrest and allows the unrest to happen because they side with those that are creating the unrest. You sometimes see the different policies that come in that hurt businesses. They get tired of increasing minimum wage to a point where it's not sustainable to have a business inside of the city of St. Louis. You see people getting uh, drove out of the area. How many times have we seen even based on the crime levels in St. Louis businesses like I think it was Centene but they threatened hey maybe we don't want our headquarters here. That'd be terrible to see businesses leave. That's the type of thing that far-left policies would encourage for more companies to come forward because they don't want to have to deal with this sort of thing. Even big companies like California, in California, have been leaving, things that you never thought you would see. Remember Elon Musk said, I'm out of here. I can't handle this. And even big companies like Amazon, who's up there in the Seattle, Washington area, have said, I can't afford to do this anymore. They've even considered relocating and leaving and instead of opening up more uh, jobs over there they said we're just going to build another headquarters somewhere else and they did this big way to try to find okay where should we open up our second headquarters and it wasn't to, it was basically saying okay we're not going to centralize in an area that are unfriendly to businesses so I think Mayor Lyda Cruson, though she has done a good job um, as a moderate and keep in mind in the city of St. Louis, it's going to be difficult to find anyone to vote for a Republican. You just don't see that happening in the city. So what does that leave? You have someone that could be like a mayor, Lida cruisen or you can have someone that is super progressive and take the city in a whole different direction. And I think that scares a lot of reasonable people. What, what do you think would happen here? What do you think would happen in the city if, let's say, a, a very progressive left-leaning individual ran and won and became mayor of St. Louis? What do you think would happen? or 800-925-1120. You know, I want to talk to Kevin Colleen a little bit later. I had an interview with him earlier, asking him some questions about what it was like at this press conference. And Kevin asked a couple of, I think, key questions in all of this. Now, keep in mind, she mentioned she's pushing 70. So that was one of the reasons why she decided to not put her name into the hat and not run for re-election
4: Anybody else Kevin,
3: Kevin call on Kevin oh, his oh, he's right. already duly
4: embarrassed Kevin, on, I apologize for my call. That's okay is, uh, happy birthday uh,
3: How old are you? <laughs> <laughs> listen to this guy. <laughs> hey, D- Did't anybody ever tell you you weren't supposed to ask women their age? Well, I'm 68. Okay, I is that pushing 70? It's closer to 70 than it is to 65. So,
4: uh, and the reason I ask that is, uh, they say that uh, being mayor does something to you—the long hours and all the stress and personalities. Uh, did did what do you feel that you as you turn 70, you think I don't know if I want to be doing this four years from now? What was it, physically, you know, age-wise, that made you think it's a younger person's game?
3: Well, I I think it's not necessarily a younger person's game, but I've served this city for 23 years. I think I've done some things that have made a big difference and I'm very proud of uh, the accomplishments of the last four years and the 19 before that. Um, But I think, you know, when you're turning 70, maybe I'm gonna be taking more walks. I will always do anything I can in whatever service capacity I can to help St. Louis.
4: And uh, last question for me is, uh, politically, you have been a moderate to progressive candidate. What do you think about the current uh, landscape in St. Louis city politics? There's a lot of progressives who are gaining office. Corey Bush, for example. Mm-hmm. Could you have won this race if you stayed in it? Which way do you think the city's going?
3: Well, I absolutely think there is a path to winning this. Um, so it wasn't about that. It really was about looking forward and and thinking about what you want to do next. And as you know, Kevin, the pendulum swings in this country from ultra progressive to ultra conservative. I mean, it it swings and and it will it will continue to do that. Um, some people uh, have said to me. This was when I was an alderman. That I was the most progressive person that that they knew. You know, wanting to ban smoking. At one time, that was radical, guys. <laughs> uh, but you know, when you look back on those kinds of things, I think uh, I am a moderate. There's there's no doubt about that. Um, and I think that serves the largest percentage of people the best.
2: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Bye. Oh, yeah. All right, so she'll keep living in the city. I thought those were important questions, and I'm glad she answered them. So you tell me, what do you think of this announcement? Or is it something that worries you about the future of St. Louis? Maybe the idea that someone super progressive could get in there? 314-436-7900. It's Overnight America, KMOX.
0: Get home fast and informed. Total Information PM starts weekdays at 4 on St. Louis's news radio, KMOX and KMOX.com.
2: I like that. Kevin sent me a message on Facebook and you can too. Ryan wrecker radio. Look it up on there. He's from North. uh, Let's see North Carolina, Charlotte area. And he's saying, hey, brining this bird, you'll never go back. I like to hear that. That's the type of encouragement I need going into Thanksgiving next week. He also said I should let the thing sit there and rest for a while, so that's interesting. I don't know if I'll be able to resist. I want to cut into that thing and eat it. One of the things I always love my parents, during the time of Thanksgiving when they would pull the turkey out of the oven, they give you a little taste test. Here, taste this real quick. See if it tastes good. Oh, that was the best. I do that with my son when I cook bacon on Sundays. Hey, um, try this piece of bacon. Tell me if it's good. Oh, he loves it. So that's one of the things I'm looking forward to this year, cooking from home. Hey, uh, son, come over here. Try this turkey. Tell me if it's any good. All right, so let's look at Mayor Lida Krusen. Totally not turkey talk. That sounds like a tongue twister. Totally not turkey talk. And she made the announcement today she is not going to seek re-election. The filing deadline was uh, fast approaching. So what could happen if someone more progressive gets in there? What, are you fearful? Are you hopeful? What do you think would happen in St. Louis? Let's go to Mark, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America.
5: Hey, greetings from Albuquerque. It's me again. Um, hello, hello. I. I haven't uh, lived in St. Louis since '03. We've been here for 16 years, and uh, I heard somewhere recently on one either you or the afternoon show when I was when I googled it on this device that uh, St. Louis, some of the justice stuff has changed a bit. A lot of things probably changed since I've been gone away from there for the last 16 years, but I think. Um, granted if you had somebody in extreme leftist, uh, things could radically change. Uh I guess what would do good was to have another moderate come in like Lida was. I never met Lida like I and like I told Mike Ferguson yesterday, but I have very fond memories of her husband Jeff because we were classmates in grade and high school and uh hmm. I think I heard a comment where she it, it just kinda raised her hairs a little bit when she would hear about crime in St. Louis or a murder or something like that, because she witnessed that firsthand with him back in 95. Mm. And uh, She
2: mentioned that today at the press a, conference, too, uh, that terrible, terrible yeah, day and, and really what was part of her, her rise to get into politics.
5: That's right. That's a, That wasn't all of it. That was a lot of it. And I admire her for sticking up for, you know, people said you should move away from there. And she was bound in sermon to stay, and you know she accomplished that. And I think that's what impressed me. Even though I never met the woman, don't know her, I knew who she was, but that was all, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll always remember Jeff. And if you ever uh, uh, have any contact with Lida, uh, you know my name is Mark, and I'm blind, I was a blind student. That, that I don't know if he told her about me or not, but you can say that I I'll always remember um, through her. I'll always remember Jeff, and I have very uh, fond memories of the guy.
2: Okay. Well, Mark, thank you for calling in your perspective there. And yeah, she mentioned her rise into politics and what initiated that and what a terrible, tragic thing that uh, started in the 90s with her husband and the carjacking. Just really, really terrible. I don't know if anyone in the lida Crusad administration listens to this show. I know that when they want to hear about local politics and things, there's not really many other places they can go to. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe they're listening right now, Mark, and maybe they heard that or could pass it along. You never know. Uh, let's go to Robert, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America.
5: Hi, yes. Um, I think that she was a good leader, and I think that her leaving is, is good, but unfortunate because I think it leaves an opening for more progressive, and I'm worried about businesses because I think that with this pandemic, We need to build up the businesses because there's so many factors hurting businesses. And so I'm concerned or worried about what a progressive could do.
2: Yeah, so let's look at some of these things that we've seen in other cities that Progressive leaders have tried to bring up. So you have, of course, defund the police and defund the Pentagon and stuff like that. So think about someone that may have the ability to uh, influence the change of funding and policing in St. Louis. And I'll tell you, the people that live in these areas, the high crime areas, they do not want to see less policing. Uh, What if, you know, they, they go in and they say we need to decriminalize Fill in the blank. Uh, we need to get rid of, you know, the criminalization of prostitution. So we need to stop that or drugs or whatever. Or, you know, any that someone is arrested for causing violence at a protest. No, we need to make sure that no protesters are ever found themselves in, uh, in jail because, you know, and then think in mind that the mayor and the circuit attorney's office working in tandem for some of these things. You know, anyone that's caught... Um, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of some of these far-left things, but there's a lot of things that could be done when you have that sort of influence, and that's the type of things they would run on. And that's scary to me. I don't want to see St. Louis go down that route. Yeah, I agree. Tear down every uh, anything. Tear down anything and everything. You know, the St. Louis statue over on Art Hill. Tear down, um, you know, whatever. There's a bunch of different statues, and a lot of times protesters can't find a statue they don't want to tear down or vandalize or whatever it is. And we've seen some things where you you find yourself sympathetic to a mob of people that are going down a street, smashing windows and stealing stuff. Sympathetic to a group that have violently assaulted, shot at, or even in some cases killed police officers. Sympathetic to that sort of thing. That's terrible. You don't want to be sympathetic to them. So that's the type of thing I think you're running up against. I don't know exactly the individual platforms. That's something that's said to be seen. And we'll find out, I'm sure when these things get out there. But let me just say this, in St. Louis, when you uh pander to those sort of things, look what happened in that congressional seat. You had Lacy Clay, you had the Clay legacy where they ran that congressional seat between father and son for decades, and then all of a sudden someone more progressive comes in and with these ideas gets the nomination and then finds herself now soon to be sitting in that office as she won the general election. That's what we're up against. That's the type of thing that appeals to a lot of people so think about the names that you've heard that could be running for office and the next step is can we out progressive the other person is that what the people of st louis want and that's dangerous think about everything else that goes on well even if you want to look at mandates for the pandemic what if they said okay we're just going to shut the city down again so business owners, think about what's going on in the county or look at other states. Look what's happening in California or Michigan, places like that, where it's just, oh, we're just going to shut things down for a while. Uh, or put the orders in and try to uh, force the city to go in that route. So as opposed to saying, we're going to try to limit gatherings but we're not going to close businesses down because it doesn't really look like that's where the spread is originating from because our businesses for the most part we've seen have been very proactive in trying to make sure that the regulations are upheld and there's you know keeping things sanitary and keeping things good to go i mean doing every guideline that they ask them to because they know that the livelihood of their operation will depend on that sort of thing so imagine someone more progressive gets in and says no i changed my mind we're just going to shut everything down for four weeks think about the economic disaster that could be ahead and there are a lot of more moderate democrats that'll be running lewis reed being one of them he'd be great he'd be a great mayor i like lewis reed but then i think about some more progressive options out there and that's very appealing to a lot of voters which i don't personally understand or want to 314 436 7900. That's the number here on Overnight America. What we're going to do coming up after the break, we'll take a look at your weather. And I'm also going to talk to Kevin Colleen about what happened earlier today. Because whenever there is a big news story, you better believe our news hound Kevin Colleen is there. Maybe newshounds not the right uh, way to describe him. But he is someone that's very good at covering these breaking news stories. And I played one of his questions to Mayor Leida Krusen, who made that announcement from earlier today. He's got a couple of other perspectives I want to run by him, which is pretty good. And then Kevin Colleen being embarrassed today when his phone rang during this press conference. Now, keep in mind, his phone was on the podium was broadcasting to KMOX at the time through his phone, and that's just the simple technology we use sometimes. Oh, is that embarrassing? Not only did uh, he get called out for it, but they also laughed, so it wasn't something that was uh, too embarrassing. They moved forward. They took it in stride, which is a good thing. Kevin will talk about that, too, coming up on Overnight America KMOX
0: News Radio 1120, KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals.
2: From the KMOX newsroom, Kevin Colleen, how are you? Good, Ryan. Good to be on Overnight America. You decided not to stretch out the O in Overnight. I saw it for a moment there. It looked like (laughs) you were about to do it, but sitting at the uh, news desk, I see that you decided not to, which may be a smart decision. So <laughs> today was a pretty big announcement from Mayor Lyda Cruson. As a reporter, I know that you were there, and I'm wondering, when all the other reporters are setting up, did you kind of catch wind of what might be happening, or was it a surprise to you when she announced that she will not be running for re-election?
4: The rumors were rampant uh, for an hour before the news conference because of the nature of the announcement you know, usually the mayor does everything now on Zoom. If it's a new COVID restriction, if it's uh, some other city policy, she'll just have a routine Zoom announcement. But for this one, her PR person called the newsroom and said, we are having an announcement today at three and, and we think you should be here. And uh, we said, well, what's it all about? And we he said, we're going to tell everybody at the same time. And that really touched off the rumors. And then uh, I was talking to John Hancock and Michael Kelly, who are political analysts in the room, and they said, you know, Colleen, Monday is the day for filing for the spring primary, the mayor's race and all those other races on the ticket. So it really sort of set the stage that this might be a political announcement. And let me play a cut for you. As Soon as she got up to the podium, she said this.
3: So after a lot of thinking and a lot of discussion with my family, I've decided to retire in April and not file to run for re-election this coming Monday.
4: And uh, the mayor said, Ryan, that she came to this decision because she just turned 68. And uh, she said, uh, as she put it, she is uh, pushing 70 and started to talk about the future with her family. You know, uh, being a mayor is a a meat grinder of a long schedule. It's not an eight-hour day and you have these uh, horrific social upheavals. She's gone through two different seasons of street protests in the beginning of her term and then this summer. So I, I think it's just a human thing to want to say, I've I've done what I've done, and I'm going to let somebody else give it a try. Yeah,
2: and you were the only one in the room that asked her how old she was, and she pl- she played it off, and she laughed, and it kind of showed some personality, a nice moment there. And I like the- how you asked that, and you said the reason I'm asking it, is because of the younger generation. Is that just a sign that St. Louis is ready for younger leaders? And what we see is a lot of people that bring their name into the contention to be mayor, the ones that were rumored to say they in the ones that have said they were going to run for office. It, it makes you wonder, is St. Louis going to be moving in that direction?
4: Well, uh, the mayor won just by an eyelash uh, four years ago. Winning in the primary by 800 votes over the younger progressive Tashara Jones, the city's parking meter czar, the city <laughs> treasurer, and uh, there are other young progressives in the race: Dana Kelly Franks and uh, Kara Spencer, the alderwoman. And then, uh, I guess the older, the oldest one will be Lewis Reed, the aldermanic president, who has run, run up several times. But now he'll be the only man at this point in the race.
2: Wow. So the announcement comes out and everyone in the room is trying to figure out a few things. I think one of the people asked the question if it was because of the protests that happened earlier this year, too. So we saw them go down the street. We saw people uh, upset with her outside of City Hall, things like that. It makes me wonder if that played a, a part in it. But it sounds like it may not have.
4: Well, at least that's what the mayor is saying. And I'll tell you this. Just today... I was driving down Cherokee Street and I saw a spray painted on a window of some shop there big letters resign Lida. And uh, Andy Banker of Fox 2 News said Lida is this while you're is this why you're calling it quits?
3: You know, they did not. I think when you run for this office, you have to understand the pain of where protests come from. And when you run for this job, you take that on.
4: And she was also asked, remember Proposition D in the November election in the city? Kind of a little notice, but uh, some called it Proposition Doomsday (laughs) because it it would change the rules of someone like Lyda Krusen could not win by just 800 votes in a primary and then waltz into office. There would have to be a runoff election. She was asked, would she be calling it quits if Proposition D had not passed?
3: I would have, because you know what? I'm still pushing 70. And I hate to say that.
4: And uh, she went on to say that in her later years, she looks forward to just walking, doing, going on more walks. Wow. So she's been through a lot. She has been 23 years in elected office, uh, 19 as an alderman in the Central West End, and she still keeps a sense of humor. I want to play for you one little cut. I had left my cell phone on the podium to, tr- to transmit the broadcast in studio-quality sound, but I forgot to put it on airplane mode, so I got a call during this live news conference, and listen to how the mayor handled this stressful situation.
3: I'm proud of what we accomplished. <laughs> phone call, Kevin? <laughs> At the boss, uh, your wife. Okay, can I start that paragraph over? Uh-huh.
4: Uh huh. <laughs> so Lyda Crusan, uh, she also said that you know she's uh, the first mayor to ever be in that office for the city of St. Louis. But with three women running uh, this time around and others on the horizon, she won't be the last.
3: Many future mayors will be women and the comments about pearls hairstyles and whether it's mayoral to carry a purse will all fade away
4: lida Krusen. and i guess all that's left to do is uh continue the battle against the pandemic uh and to make some tough budget decisions she told kmox news just yesterday ryan that because of the pandemic the city is sixty seven million dollars short of the tax revenue it would usually pull in from Cardinal baseball and blues mm-hmm. hockey and so. downtown con- convention so tough time I guess uh, I-, I forgot to ask her you know the the hallway in City Hall used to be lined with these wonderful oil paintings of all the mayors but there's not a lady in the in the lineup and I wonder if she's gonna sit for an oil painting sometime between now and April
2: huh well Do they do that real-time? They don't take a photo and paint from that? That'd be nice if they do it the old-fashioned way, like you see in the TV shows. Um, By the way, too, it's lucky your phone didn't ring right at the start of the announcement. Imagine if she was mid-sentence announcing she wasn't going to run for re-election, and then the phone rang. But she handled that really well. Both of you guys handled that pretty well. And who was calling, by the way?
4: It was an alderman who I had called earlier in the day to ask if he knew what this big press conference was about. It was Alderman Joe Vaccaro. <laughs> so Alderman, Alderman Vaccaro strikes again.
2: <laughs> well, that is uh, Mayor Lida and One thing she mentioned there, maybe you can help me put some back reference into it, and you played the clip where she said, no more will we ask if it's mayoral to have a purse or something along those lines. So, was there ever a, a time where that was a controversy, or that was brought up as a point of contention, or is that just more or less kind of just a, a blanket statement?
4: I don't know. I, when I heard that, I thought, "Ooh, I, I don't remember anyone uh, asking her that." Certainly, I, I did not. Um, but she uh, she had on the pearls today. She said something about pearls. I thought, "Well, you've got them on today." So, but uh, nobody that I know of in the local media has has ever. Uh, Observed in any of their reporting what she was wearing or whether she had a purse on. So I don't know where that came from.
2: Yeah, I was curious if it was something that came up somewhere in a talk show or a commentary or an uh, editorial or something, and that was somehow an issue. But um, good for her. And I like the way that you framed her as a moderate to you know, moderate, not a progressive because you wanted to differentiate some of the different platforms that are coming in from more of the ones that are running for office, which makes you wonder the future of St. Louis. If you have someone that is a, uh, more progressive when it comes to the circuit attorney's office and the mayoral office, and then what happens at that point when there's no checks and balances? I think a lot of people are scared when they look at some of these West Coast, East Coast cities with like all uh, all the problems all the time, and you know the rioters are allowed to do what they want and take over city blocks and things. So that's kind of scary to think that maybe it is a younger person's game. Maybe that is the future of some of these larger cities like that. So I thought it was a good question, but then again. The, uh, she also mentioned she's not moving anywhere, so she must have a lot of optimism for the future of St. Louis.
4: Yeah, you know, I thought of uh, that progressive, moderate uh, tension that's in, in the air in city politics this summer when, remember, there was uh, quite a movement to take down the statue of Louis, uh, the King yeah. Louis statue on uh, Art Hill, and the uh, Cruson's administration, at her orders, put... Concrete blocks around it so that nobody could drive up with a pickup truck and remove it. And you have to wonder in the future, uh, I'm not saying any particular person, but if, if somebody doesn't feel the way she feels about tradition, they, maybe those concrete blocks wouldn't have been put up. I don't know.
2: Oh, it could be anything. And it also makes you wonder, too, you know, we had some pretty terrible nights, that one night where four police officers were hurt and one former police officer was killed. And immediately it was, let's bring the National Guard in, we're going to need help, put curfews in place. Um, I wonder if well, I don't know if the National Guard per se that night, but at least the curfews were put in place uh, makes you wonder what the decision would have been then if we were to just uh, continue to allow these things to linger on. And it it does make me wonder a lot about the future of St. Louis, given that there could be a strong possibility someone more progressive gets in considering the voting patterns in the city. It also makes you wonder the future of a merger, if that's going to continue to come up, if someone else is at helm and then what that looks like. So there's all kinds of other questions of what may happen. We'll be in an interesting uh, race this year, and Kevin Kline, I'm so glad that you were out there covering it, and I'm glad you asked the questions you did, and thanks for coming on tonight, talking to us about the uh, whole situation.
4: Thank you, and the moral of the story is, always put your phone on airplane mode.
2: <laughs> that is the moral to every story, isn't it? <laughs> Doesn't that fix most things in life? Uh, Kevin Colleen from the KMOX Newsroom, thanks for coming on. Thank you. And he joins us on the Quiver River Electric Guest Line on Overnight America KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. MichaelsFlooringOutlet.com on KMOX. In Overnight America, it's happy to have you if you want to call and maybe comment on the whole Leiter Cruisin thing. You can at 314-436-7900. KMOV did a story on this. Some St. Louis County restaurants remain open despite indoor dining ban. I think I heard uh, Charlie Brennan bring this up on his show earlier today. In fact, I am holding Charlie Brennan's new book only in St. Louis in my hands. He sent me a copy of it. It was so nice for him to do that. The Most Incredible, Strange, and Inspiring Tales. He's going to join us for a half hour tomorrow, which is really cool. And I really admire the extra work that uh charlie brennan puts into things like this so that'll be pretty cool i don't know if i'm going to make him feel old tomorrow because i was going to bring up the fact that he's essentially worked st louis radio in five different decades he got here in the late 80s and now that it's you know in the 2020s right now you can '80s, 90s 2000s 2010s and 2020s that's five separate decade eras Ooh boy doesn't that make it feel older than it really is I mean, it's kind of a stretch. I think he started in 89, so it was right at the end of the 80s. But only in St. Louis. Charlie Brennan on the show tomorrow night. That'll be pretty cool. But I saw this one story on KMOV, and I got a whole sidetracked because I know this is something they were talking about on Charlie's program earlier. Talking to different business owners in the county that just say, you know what, Uh, I don't think I'm going to close down. Uh, So they talked to the Satchmo's Bar and Grill owner or manager, someone, just basically saying, we just can't afford to close it. So I'll, I'll risk and I'll gamble keeping the thing open.
5: I think that the reason people are defying it is just because the cost of complying outweighs the risk of not complying. I mean, some people are just at the end of the line and this is survival for them. I mean, they, they put everything into building these businesses and just seeing everything stripped from them right before their eyes.
2: And that's a very serious Problem And all of these restaurants, they've done everything you've asked for them to do. They've done above and beyond. They've kept things clean and everything's been going pretty well. By the time we get done with all of this in the county, I don't know if the main goal is to try to get all of these local restaurants shut down, but that seems to be the route that they want to go with uh, Dr. Sam Page leading that charge. And it's actually pretty terrible. I don't know how they're going to be able to survive this. You're going to have fast food only in the county here soon enough because it's going to be so difficult. You close things down for weeks and weeks and weeks at a time. During a holiday season, too difficult to live on, uh, drive up alone, just try to do the curbside, too difficult. And how many people may lose their job because of this right before the holidays? So I, I don't like it. I know a lot of other restaurants don't like it, and they're fighting it, and rightfully so. You probably don't like it too considering that the other option is if you want to go dine, you go to the city or you go to St. Charles. You just go around the corner somewhere else.
3: For days, county leaders have told us they will crack down on businesses, but only if they get complaints. The county counselor's office could file a temporary restraining order closing the business until a judge rules or the case could head to county prosecutor Wesley Bell's office. Satchmo's is just one of several restaurants telling me they will continue to offer indoor dining.
2: Yeah, good for them. You know, they're doing it out of necessity. They're not doing it because they want to be out there trying to fight the power, man. No, it's not one of those deals. It's they're looking around and they're saying, we literally cannot survive this. It's our only hope to be able to continue keeping things open. I don't know if it'll be enough. There may be some people that look at it and say, well, I'm not supposed to be in there, so I'm not going to go. And other times you're going to have the patrons that go on and will continue to do their thing, at least that there's some income. It's going to be tough. I hate the feeling that in the county, they're doing everything they can to hassle these restaurant owners when all of these other businesses in different places could get free passes to it anywhere else. And how do you stay competitive if you live in an area where you're forced to be closed and you can't allow people to come in to dine in when everyone else around you is allowed to do it? How is that even possible?
3: Bartolinos in South County, Joey B's on Manchester, and Gianninos in South County say they'll stay open too. Owners worry these restrictions will last longer than a month.
5: I don't know how you could really buy into the idea that this is only going to last four weeks. I think that the longer it goes on, the worse it's going to get. And the more people that are going to lose their jobs and the more places are never going to open up again.
2: I didn't think would Well, think about this, too. You're a business owner. And when the first shutdown happened nationwide, when everyone participated inside of this, they had the PPP loans. All local businesses, if you have X amount of employees and you're small and you don't have ability to get capital and this is uh, something you need to keep payroll, we don't want you to fire everyone. So how how about you take a loan and keep things going? And that worked for some businesses. Others had a difficult time getting that money because the money was exhausted pretty quick. We don't have another stimulus package yet. We don't have another ability for this to happen. What do you think is going to do? What do you think is going to happen when a business has no money for payroll? What do you think? Nothing. They're going to have to close the door. And then what happens to those jobs? And does that business have the ability to open back up? Or what about some of these companies that took the loans? What if they can't repay it because their business is closed here? Then what happens to that side of things? All of these loans that were given out, gone forever. This is the worst thing that you could be doing right at this time of year. And all these businesses... Look at this, and they don't like it. And I think that people don't like the idea either. And if you work for one of these businesses, it's not fair that all of these restrictions come over you again and again and again at any given time. There's there's no reason for you to like this.
5: I didn't think what Sam Page had instituted was fair for the St. Louis County restaurants, especially since the restaurants in the city
2: are open. So, I and this is just a guy sitting at the restaurant. He's just sitting there thinking. Man, I just wanted to eat a burger and get myself a coffee. And I'll say that because, you know, (laughs) probably not what he was drinking. But still, I just wanted to get me a burger. So I decided to come in here and do this. And the place looked pretty empty at the time. But he's just so lucky to be in there when the TV cameras come rolling by. I'm hoping that these businesses that are trying to stay afloat Get the extra push and support they need. I think it hopefully encourages other restaurants in the area to fight this and maybe join in a lawsuit, at least get a restraining order, an injunction put in place in order to stop this from impacting them. We got so many other problems. Listen, these restaurants aren't the ones causing it. Just leave them alone, all right?
5: So I decided I knew the Satchmo's would be open today. And defying the order or not defying the order, I wanted to come and support them.
2: Good for him. Good for him. Three one four four three six seventy nine hundred. Let's go to AJ, who's holding on. Welcome to Overnight America.
5: Hey, good evening, Ryan. I, uh, sure. it, it turned on the radio here just to, to listen, as I've done many times through the years. I just I was thinking that I, I really ought to thank KMOX because I started when I was fifteen years old, and we my parents moved here then, and I listened to Jack Buck and baseball. And now I've turned it on tonight. And I'm still listening to Camel X through the years, and it just—it's sort of refreshing that uh, you know you've got some stability in life. Camel X seems to be one.
2: Wow! So After how many years? What, what was the first year you started listening?
5: Well, I was 15, and I'm yeah. 76 now.
2: Wow! So. Going back sixty years basically. Yeah, that's a long time. So you've been listening basically since the start of At Your Service, which is really remarkable.
5: Yes. That's true. That's true. With wow.
2: Rex Davis and you
5: know yeah. goes, Bob goes Hardy way back.
2: and Oh man, you do go back to some of the great broadcasters. This station has been blessed with some of the tremendous yes. broadcasters. Well, AJ, I'm glad that you called in and shared that. It's so good to hear. And Thank you. hopefully you catch some of the documentaries I put on that goes back and listens out of the archive. Um I've done one on Robert Highland, I've done one on Jim White and also Ann Keefe. So um, there'll be more opportunities to hear more in the future. I'm sure you'll enjoy. Hey, thank you very much, AJ, for that and sharing that experience. Love hearing things like that. So nice. We have another hour of Overnight America coming up on KMOX.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.